0: Hello and welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition, episode 66.5. As always, as every Monday goes, I am one of the hosts here, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. Joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Howdy, howdy. Alex, happy to have you. Glad happy to be, to be here. here. We're we're we're
1: rolling. We're on a we're on a roll here. I don't know how many Mondays it's been, but I think it's a record. I think I'm feeling pretty good about the Monday podcast. I'm learning some stuff, deciding that maybe I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Certain, you know, little pieces here and there. But I think we're growing. We're getting better.
0: And making a commitment to do this every week somewhat locks us into a a commitment, for lack of better words. And it's and then and, and through that you start to improve and there's no way out. It's like, hey, we need to do this every week. And then with more reps comes refinement. I feel like we're
1: getting a little bit better. I think that a good content strategy requires discipline. Yeah. And so not that this content necessarily is good, but we are disciplined enough to make it happen every week for you.
0: And that's what I've learned everywhere else is if you consistently do something, it seems to work out pretty well in the end, even if you're not very good at it at first.
1: Well, yeah. The worst I'm ever going to be at something is the first time I do it, typically. So we're getting less worse. (laughs) Yeah. So far, I'm getting less worse at podcasting. That's what I'm learning. That's the goal. Well, what do we have first? Uh, We can talk about a couple of build with things going on. Um, I know we've, we've teased a little bit of about some new things that we're rolling out and build where we're not quite ready to announce all of it yet. Um, But I think we're, we've are we been getting pretty good at like teasing a little bit here, yeah. a little bit there.
0: Yeah. I. So yeah, I, like I said, before we started recording this, I don't want to get too far into it yeah. because I've been impatient in the past and I've talked about things before I should have in the past and it hasn't worked out well for me. And there is an advantage to stalking your prey quietly mm-hmm. and then pouncing at once, which I like the concept of, but to foreshadow and to color in what is going on is we're still working with our partners and you know making them better from a storytelling place, from a recruiting standpoint, from now getting into business consulting and, and growing their businesses and operations as a whole. And then we have two other projects going on. We have a, a online platform component that's starting to materialize. It uh, should be in testing later this year mm-hmm. and rolling out early next year, hopefully. And then we have a program designed to provide people with more information um, on on leadership and on different management topics in this industry. There's, there's a total lack of... Uh, education and information when it comes to how do I lead more effectively? How do I manage more effectively? How do I just become better overall in the construction world, in the dirt world? There's three big projects going on. We have, you know, BuildWit as it's been for a a while now, helping our partners become better and and do better. We have this platform component that is going to be very exciting, led by Mr. Benjamin Holmgren. And then we have a leadership component, which should be happening very soon. And we'll be talking about that within the next month or two.
1: When we would, when we did the internal rollout of uh, these new plans, there were multiple times where I was glad I was muted on the call. Cause I definitely whispered to myself like, oh shit, we, damn.
0: Yeah, we were, it was funny. <laughs> I, I, I It's probably gonna be one of the moments that's just seared into my brain, especially after we pull this off. But it was me, Dan, Randy, Blunt, Skyler, Benjamin, all sitting in a room at the Airbnb looking at a presentation on the TV. And what was on the TV was what we're going to do. Yeah. And we were all just sitting there in silence, just looking at it. And you could tell everybody was processing it. And and we were, we kind of just start after we process it, looking around the room and not really saying anything, but looking at one another like, so that's totally insane. <laughs> and yet I don't think it's unreasonable and I really don't think it's unreasonable. Now I listened to a podcast this morning, uh, real AF Andy Frisella with Tim Grover. If you haven't heard of Tim Grover, highly recommend you listen to an interview with him. He's incredible. Uh, Michael Jordan's coach and trainer or trainer, I think technical and, uh, they, he was talking about how there are, are people trying to do extraordinary things and they'll have fear. They'll be afraid. And fear is a very powerful motivator and it's a positive thing in a lot of cases, but they, they'll be completely confident. And it very much resonated with me because that's a perfect example of where I'm at right now. I am, I am afraid in a very good way. Because that means we're getting uncomfortable, and we're 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 growing to new places that we've never been before, and 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 taking on new challenges that we hadn't thought was was previously possible. Um, but at the same time, I have zero doubts on our ability to execute it at the end of the day, which is very exciting.
1: My least favorite kind of person is someone who well, I'll give you an example of something that this kind of person would do. Mm -hmm. They would brag about the fact that they're going to write a book. Yeah. Not that they're writing a book, not that they have written a book, that someone who brags about, hey, I'm going to write a book. That means nothing. That person, that tells me a lot about that kind of person. This situation feels nothing like that.
0: No, we, I mean, we rolled it out while we're already executing upon it. Yeah, it's already in motion. It's like, hey. Even internally. which is Exciting.
1: Well, I, I think there was a, a lot to learn from when we we had the two hour call team wide to go through all of it because it was like oh wow no wonder this person's been busy I have no idea what this person's working on turns out working on a lot yeah yeah it's it's
0: it's very exciting mm-hmm. and and um you know it, it, first year in business I tried to convince people of of I tried to to sell this future for the industry.
1: Which you kind of have to do when you start like that. Kind
0: of, but I'd, I'd get very frustrated because a lot of people wouldn't buy it. Um, they just didn't didn't believe in it. Yeah. And and then I finally realized I needed to stop beating my head against the wall and start just doing it and showing them the direction we were going to head in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're at is rather than, hey guys, we need to go here. And I still do a lot of that Preaching the vision, selling the vision. We're getting to a point where we're just going to show everybody by doing. Yeah. And I think a lot of things are going to change for us over the next year or two.
1: I'd agree. I think this situation is like you were not saying, Hey, I bought a bus. You're already driving the bus. Yeah. You're being like, you want to get on? We're doing some special stuff. And that is the choice. It's yeah. not, you're not having to sell, look. I bought a bus. This is a good bus. Yeah. I think I think it's already been decided that like what we're doing is important and special and vital to our mission, which is to make the dirt world a better place. And now we're saying, how can we magnify that influence? How can we do that in a far more powerful way than we've ever thought we could while maintaining what we've always wanted to do, which was to make the dirt world a better place, kind of one person at a time, one company at a time.
0: And that's the exciting thing about what we're doing is it all fits perfectly within yeah. our mission. But it's just so, it's, it's you know, I, I used to take people not believing in me personally. And and like I said, I'd get very frustrated about it. But then I haven't understood until recently, and Andy Frisella has actually summed it up very well. No one no one should believe in you if you have never done anything which makes perfect sense. It's you start to believe in things and believe in people that have done things. And so until you do things, don't expect people's belief. Like you need to have that internal motivation to go out and execute upon what you want to do without people cheering you on. Because in reality, people are not going to be cheering you on. And once you have accomplished things and once you have done what you're going to say, it's a totally different conversation. And even this morning, I had a different conversation. You know, two years ago, maybe even three years ago, I went to Caterpillar's Sanford um, skid steer plant and, and track loader plant in North Carolina. And I was just this kid running around trying to take photos. This morning, have a call with the same people I was with two or three years ago, a lot of, a lot of people I've, I've, I've met and uh, recognized. And yet the tone of the conversation is totally different. Now I'm not just showing up with a camera, trying to get the lawyers to say, okay, you can take photos. I am seeing my machine on the, on the line. And I told them I was going to buy a machine. And at the time that sounds ridiculous. You know, it's just this kid running around taking like, it's insane. I don't blame them. I wouldn't have believed me either. And now the conversation is totally different because now I'm a customer. Now I am buying one of these machines, and it just shifts the dynamic when you start to actually do what you said you're going to do.
1: Mm-hmm. There is a there is a strange amount of um, like currency to you getting the skid steer. I I, I, can't, I can't really <laughs> think of a similar scenario in a different industry.
0: No, I'm a uh, I mean. I'm a total idiot, but I do think some of these things through. And this is one of the things that I really thought through.
1: And it's a fascinating kind of credibility that I'm excited for you to get, and for our our team to get as a whole, but I'm excited for you to get to play with it.
0: (laughs) It's going to be credibility to to a lot of the people that follow along, and it's going to be fuel for other people to tell us to fuck ourselves. Yeah. Because... It's like you're not deserving of a machine. You don't do anything with it. It's too pretty. Wow. You don't even work. I'm sure it'll just give those people more ammunition, which I'm kind of excited about. Sure. And I'm trying to ruffle those jimmies, frankly.
1: Russell jimmies, ruffle, ruffle feathers. Oh, Russell
0: I, I switched that one up. It's Russell jimmies, ruffle feathers, Russell jimmies. That I'm poor, trying to Russell. Is some that
1: a, a poor man toe? Is that what that you combine to, to be one thing?
0: Yeah. I, 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 I intentionally do that. Like, um, tomato, potato, mm-hmm. for example, or tomato, tomato. I do that. I do that all the time. And people would argue me with me like, no, 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 it's, it's tomato, tomato. I'm like, no, it's, tomato, tomato. Like you've never heard the phrase and they get all bent out of shape about it. <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun,
1: but the one that, that was I say, that's really stupid. And I'm the only one who laughs every single time, but I can't help it is, um, if I say something that rhymes They say, I'm a poet I didn't even realize it. I like And people are like, okay, I just like them. Yeah. I'm like this, I, this, that's funny.
0: Or I, I like saying something that sounds normal and then it kind of Causes the other person to double take, like, "Wait <laughs> yeah. a minute, that that wasn't right." Like, wait, uh, huh? Another one from the office. The early worm gets the worm. Yeah, I love The worm, worm that gets one. another worm. Yeah,
1: yeah. so <laughs> so he, there's two worms. Yeah, from the office. The other one that I love is my how the turntables.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one I say, and that really <laughs> messes people up. So that's that's build with inner workings. Um, you won't you won't see a lot of that until later this year, unless you come to work for us we are hiring. Always. In which you will find out about that very quickly. No travel this week. So that's really nice. No travel last week. I've had two weeks at home, which is an absolute blessing travel a little bit the following week. And then the following week really ramp up. So we're going to have to figure out how we record these, but uh, we're getting better for at this it. week. Just running into the office every day and taking care of shit. Love it. Yeah.
1: We've got some good questions this week. Good. I'm excited. Um, you put something on your Instagram story, asking for questions, and boy, did you all deliver. Maybe the, the greatest run of questions we've gotten so far. Really, really thoughtful, um, and they all came in within like an hour. <laughs> uh, you know, social media does work sometimes. The only thing I know is that there's at least more than five people who sent in questions, and, by, and for that, hmm. I'm impressed. Hmm. Okay. That's not bad. Mm-mm. That's a record number I'm, of questions I'm, too. I'm oh. pretty good. Okay. I'll say uh, more than 10, less than 15.
0: Okay. So people listen to this.
1: At least at least 10 listeners, arguably less than 15. Good. We're getting there. We'll take it. All right. So first question. Um, I'm not going to say who it's from. Okay. However, the question is good enough. It doesn't need a person attached to it. That's fine. Um, I don't mean to force you to... Um, confront your fear or your, your dislike. However, some good stuff, I think, in this question. Aaron, you've talked a lot about general contractors, GCs, and your general dislike for them. What makes a good GC and what can be done by GCs to better the industry?
0: I mean, I think we really got into it when I talked to Garrett Moss about it on this podcast or talk podcast. I don't know what episode it is. Alex can put it in the show notes mm-hmm. so you can get to it very quickly, but we, we really covered what the problems are and then what the positives are. I don't, you know, I've learned that singling out specific groups or specific people, uh, typically does me no good. And, and I usually get my ass handed to me me pretty quickly Sure, every time I do that. And, uh, it's a nice, nice little slice of humble pie. Every time I do that, uh, with with uh, so so rather than focus on the negatives let's i like how this question is phrased cuz it's the positive positively a gc sincerely cares about everybody else building the job because they would be worth nothing without subcontractors and they recognize that and they sincerely value their subcontractors and if their subcontractors do well and their businesses do well then the gc does well they just they just care and they don't beat people up and they try to make everything a win-win proposition. If our subcontractor wins, why can't we win as well? So I think that's the biggest differentiator is that they just genuinely care about everybody involved. And it's not all about price. There's a lot more to it than just price. Yeah, is price always going to be important? Absolutely. But everybody beating each other up on price is just a race to the bottom and it's doing everybody a disservice. It's doing uh, subcontractors a disservice, it's doing GCs a disservice. So the ones that have a caring attitude and really go out of their way to care for people, I think are the ones that are absolutely gonna win long-term. Yeah. And and just the ones that maintain a, a sense of humility, I think is important too. That's just one thing I've noticed within the GC world is that there, there's some unchecked arrogance That I don't see elsewhere, and uh, it's very frustrating, and and so the the GCs that I've really grown to respect and and appreciate are those that carry the same sense of humility that our partners carry, Um, a lot of subcontractors who do the work carry. It's just a different different sense of understanding, and a lot of that's rooted in the caring thing I just talked about. If they understand and wholeheartedly believe in, hey, we're nothing without our subcontractors, That's that takes a level of humility. And, and if you can care for your people, you're demonstrating your ability to maintain that sense of humility. So I think that's how I would take that one.
1: I don't know any GCs.
0: There's a bunch. There's a bunch. Um, like, for example, the Four Seasons private residences going in downtown, that mm-hmm. really tall tower yeah. right now. That's uh, a Ecom hunt Oh, okay. So that's a general contractor.
1: I've seen that. Okay. I think maybe I just don't. I'm not putting the two and two together. I've mm-hmm. lived in Nashville for 10 years.
0: Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, on the podcast, Mortensen, Eric Selman. Oh, yeah. Mortensen is a general contractor. GC. I guess they're like
1: most broad, right? Because they seem to have a lot of like smaller silos within that, right? Yeah. So he's or over civil. He's
0: over civil. Their civil group, but their bread and butter is, is general Jesus. contracting. Okay. Yeah. So, got, for got example, him. like Mortensen, they just did that new arena in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And J.W. Fowler, another build-up partner, was a subcontractor to Mortensen. To Mortensen. On okay. that project. Uh, a tunneling subcontractor. Yes.
1: He was learning something every day, you know?
0: That's uh, that's the goal. If you didn't learn something, then what was what was the point of that day?
1: A lot of it's, oh, I shouldn't have done that.
0: That's uh, <laughs> every day for me. Yeah. Like I just said, I... Every time I take things negative, I get my ass beat for it. So I'm trying to be a little bit more thoughtful and tactful.
1: I think that's fair. I'm growing up so fast. So fast. Mm. Um, Well, thank you to the anonymous listener who submitted that question. That was good. Um, Next question is from Tristan Warner. Tristan Warner. It always gets thrown around that companies need to invest more time and training for their employees. I'm in a management position now, and I have tried many different approaches to work with our guys on showing them how to be more efficient and making less work for themselves. However, usually nothing ever sticks, equipment still gets broken, and morale drops. What have you guys seen on jobs that works the best for training employees and management for that matter? Well,
0: frankly, we haven't seen a lot, which is why we just talked about the new business and program we're putting together to offer some of this exact training and leadership training that's desired in the workplace. From a training perspective, the most successful companies I've seen, they just prioritize it without the pressure of scheduling and production. It's like if you're trying to meet production while also training, it's not gonna go all that well. So like for our business, and it's not a direct parallel, but this is, it somewhat illustrates the point. Starting in June next month, we're gonna have an onboarding week. So we recognize that if you throw someone into the fray week one, they can't effectively learn because they're just overwhelmed with all the shit they need to do. So rather than throwing them into the fray the first week, why don't we protect them from the busyness of the business and instead put them through a deliberate series of, of training events within over an entire week long period to get them warmed up to the business in their role much faster. And so that's us as a business prioritizing training and development within that individual and understanding that, Hey, we're, we're going to lose a week to do this, but overall everyone's better off if we do do it. And I just feel like the industry needs to head more in that direction in, in that we need to prioritize this and we can't just do it willy nilly. Cause I don't think it really sticks. I I wish I could speak more on the subject, but shit it's just not all that it doesn't exist mm-hmm. in most places which is a shame and i'm sure people would argue with me but i've seen a lot of the industry and there's not a lot to it
1: in regards to like that kind of training
0: yeah i just think it it needs to be deliberate and thought out yeah. and framed in a, a a way that it's in everybody's best interest to do this it's not that we're you know taking production off the table. This is we need to slow down to speed up. So why don't we take a day to actually learn how to do this right? And instead of doing it wrong for 5 days, we're going to figure out how to do it right for 1, and then we can do it right for 4. And those 4 will be more productive than the 5 would have been. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very simple concept that so many people can't understand because everyone's under the pressure of deadlines and production and estimates and dollars and subcontractors up the ass. And, and I, I get why the industry has not been able to do this. But at the same time, we can't afford not to do it any longer.
1: Do you feel like the hesitancy or just the lack of training in general has something to do with it? it costs money having somebody out in the field who doesn't really know what they're doing yet. And so they either have to bring an extra person out so that like they've, they can maintain their productivity while still like getting this new person training or having to have minimized productivity with this person who doesn't really know what they're doing yet. They're certainly not going to be paying for themselves in their first week or first month or whatever it is. Um, I think every, most everybody's
0: in a position where they need people so badly that once they hire them, they just can't, they just view that they can't afford to spend any time with them.
1: It's like they have to start producing that second.
0: They just need to produce. Now, as far as training is concerned, this is clearly more of a non union conversation. Sure, sure. But even unions, um, okay, you have operator training, but even in union environments, you're, you're, superintendents, your foremen, they're not being trained on leadership principles. So they're managing work and there's not formal training on on leadership and management. And that's something we're going to be doing very aggressively um, coming up, which is very exciting. So I I just don't know if there's a good answer for this. And in the industry that does it the best in the dirt world is definitely mining because of the more rigorous standards and laws. Um, most mines have a very well thought out training program and all the big equipment has buddy seats in it. So it's like a haul truck. You'll have a guy riding around with, with the other person for a week plus learning the haul routes, learning how they do it before they ever operate a truck on their own, all the big loaders, all the big excavators, drag lines, everything has a buddy seat and they train pretty effectively in mines, but that's not common in construction.
1: That's. It reminds me. Um, I had a friend tell me about the ways that they um, train teammates. In their, I'll just leave it reasonably vague, but in their in their line of work, how they train new people, and what he says is, I can't remember how many steps it is, but it's the first step is, I'll do, you watch, yeah. Second step is, we'll. We'll both do. The third step is you do all watch. And the fourth step is the person being trained then does.
0: Yeah, but everything and that's right just, now. Like, there's
1: not, it's not, avail- time's not available. The opportunity's not available no. for current, that
0: approach. Current state is option three. You do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And, and, and it's uh, until we can break that cycle, we're going to have this problem nonstop. And you, and you need it from both you both sides. From a company perspective, companies need to prioritize becoming more efficient, becoming more profitable, and investing in people more aggressively. And then individuals, especially young people coming up, they need to be young, hungry, and um, humble, and, and just in a mindset where I want to learn as much as possible. And I want to watch as much as possible. And even if you're a young person in a a construction company that doesn't necessarily offer training opportunities, that doesn't mean you can't learn leadership. Go buy a damn book, go buy extreme ownership by Jocko and, and Leif Babin Um, go, go, go read, you know, discipline equals freedom. And, and some of those are some of the best leadership books I've ever, ever read, or Tim Grover relentless, or there's, there's all sorts of awesome, awesome books on the subject, or you can go watch, you know, how does the old crusty super, manage? what What is good about his management style? What don't you like about his management style? How can you create your own management style using what you're learning out in the field? So you don't necessarily need a formal training program to become a more effective leader and manager. Would it be nice? Would it be awesome to work at a company that invests in their people and offers you those opportunities? Like BuildWit?
1: Like BuildWit?
0: I mean, we are sending quite a few people this month to a Echelon Front event in Orlando. But uh, just saying. Just saying.
1: That's Um, what's happening.
0: If you don't work for a company like that, you're not shit out of luck. You need to take the initiative to learn a lot of those principles on your own. And with the information out there in the world today, you can learn those principles on your own.
1: For real. Um, Well, thanks, Tristan. Very long-winded. Yeah, I mean, basically it ends up that there's not a great answer. No. And we're all trying to figure out how to answer that question of how do we um, train team members to to do what they've been hired to do and to do it well and to do it safely and to do it sustainably for their career and for um, the life of the company and all this to say there's not a great answer.
0: But we are are working on what we believe will be the best answer available. Yes, And it will be materializing this summer
1: and we won't say anymore no more <laughs> uh, last question this is from Aaron Bosgraf um, from turf surf and stone landscaping love it very official I run a small landscape business that caters to small and medium-sized residential and commercial builders have you had experience with your partners or any feelings on how to market services and create a brand to the end consumer? when you're essentially a subcontractor and the client may never know who you are? Do you still target the end consumer or do you target potential employees or do you target the general contractors? And in parentheses, I know that's your favorite people.
0: Everybody thinks I have it out for general contractors. (laughs) I don't necessarily have it out for them. I just like dirt people more. Yep, That's just my cup of tea. And it's nothing, hopefully it's not so personal to GCs. Because all of the companies we work with are employed by GCs, often yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be all salty towards GCs. As far as branding name recognition goes, I know there's a lot of advice as far as like who to target. I don't necessarily believe in a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I and especially in the landscaping world, I mean. It's just amazing what you can do with social media, with a clean website, with a podcast, with the means available to us, just talking about your work. And in doing so, you're going to naturally reach customers. You're going to naturally reach people employing you. You're going to naturally reach potential employees. So I don't necessarily think you need to say, I'm just going to market toward employees. I think all you need to do is consistently tell a great story that's worth following along and creating a brand that means something, that stands for something. And people are going to naturally come along with you. Using whatever medium you want to use. Do you want to use a blog? Do you want to use a podcast? Do you want to use Instagram? Do you want to use, hey, maybe just a great website? Maybe a newsletter, email newsletter, maybe handouts. I mean, physical, paper hand. There's so many different options. It's just consistently telling your story, like we were talking about, there's a value to consistency Mm -hmm. and to telling a great story consistently. I really think that's what you need to worry about. And I don't understand, I mean, full disclosure, I don't understand marketing. I don't understand Mm -hmm. branding. I don't understand all the tips and tricks. I know I started a quote unquote marketing company, which is now build it creative. Um, But really, at the end of the day, all we focus on, and we have experts on all those subjects, but at the end of the day, all we still really focus on is just consistently telling a great story. And in doing so, people want to come along with you. It's as easy as that.
1: I mean, organic brand awareness is organic brand awareness. Yeah. People knowing who your company is, is almost never a bad thing. No, And so... I can I feel like I can understand the, the feeling that a company would be like, well, do who do I need to have hear my story? I mean the answer is really just as many people as you can that are interested in it.
0: Yeah. I I recently I, I know I always talk about reading, but we recently read the book uh, Story Brand, something along those mm-hmm. building your story brand. Yeah, might, story brand. Yeah, something along those lines. That's a great place to start, I would say. As far as how you craft a compelling story, and then take that story and go shout it from the mountaintops on as many mediums as possible on a website that you can build on Squarespace in a night for twenty-five bucks on Instagram, documenting your day-to-day experiences on building a newsletter. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do.
1: There you go. And what's interesting? Um, that question is from Aaron Bosgraf. Thanks, Aaron. What's interesting about this is it actually feeds into who this week's guest is going to be Nick Schiffer. Shit, that was last week. Wasn't yeah, that? yeah, you, you screwed that one man, up again. This, yeah, man, this no. in the
0: future stuff's confusing. It's not Nick Schiffer. It's Bridger Snow of Snow Excavating or Snow Excavation or right, Let me back that up. Okay. Snow
1: something. That's on me. That's on me. We're going to cut that. Or maybe we don't cut it. We'll leave a little bit in it. That's. I'll, I'll take the. The blame. It's all this living in the future, man. It's tough. It's tough. that's okay. I'll keep you on track. It's cool. That's why I got Aaron here. So I'll make the big bucks. Well, I can't segue that into the this week's guest because I have not heard the podcast yet. Well, this week's
0: guest is Bridger Snow. Uh can't legally drink alcohol yet. However, he has an excavation company. Wow. Pretty sweet. Yeah, he is just having at it.
1: Is he encroaching on your young guy in the dirt world vibe? Yeah, I know. It, 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 yeah, it's not cool.
0: Um, I mean, I'm 26, so he's quite a bit younger than I am sure. doing cool stuff. I'm a little threatened by it, <laughs> but that's
1: why you had him on the podcast.
0: Yes. And I, I, I should say that when I say things like that, if you're a frequent listener, hopefully you understand that I'm being sarcastic, damn it, because every single week I hear, I I get in trouble almost every single week right now for my sarcasm. I actually talked about it in therapy yesterday. But yeah, Bridger Snow, great, great kid. Awesome business that he's putting together. He's going to go do big things. So we just shoot the poop for a while and hopefully enjoy it. Where's he based? Utah. Utah. Yes. I think, believe in Heber, Utah.
1: Kind of by Salt Lake City. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, I'm fascinated Y'all can talk about all the stuff that makes me feel like I'm six years older than you, Aaron. And I don't know. 12 years older than him.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know if I uh, am correct on this, but he might be our youngest Dirt Talk guest to date. Because as far as I know, we have not had children
1: on it. <laughs> not a lot of kids have been on Dirt Talk. That no. makes sense since... A lot of these episodes are rated explicit technically. So
0: Um yeah. Yeah, there's some swearing. But that's the world of construction. It is. And people that act like there's not swearing in this industry don't get out enough.
1: It's true. There I'd say probably fifty percent of the episodes have had either like a quick F word referenced, but if it doesn't, I don't have to put explicit. I I I
0: um I don't just Throw it out unnecessarily. It's it's I do it's it for pretty a purpose. deliberately. Yeah, yeah, it's for a purpose. There's it's it's a actually a pretty effective way to communicate.
1: It's like a PG thirteen movie. They can only put an F word in there twice. So they're gonna make it count.
0: Exactly. Yes. Um But yeah, we do swear around here, and that's because this is dirt talk. This isn't lawyer talk. Okay.
1: This isn't church talk.
0: Yeah, yeah, this isn't church talk. So I'm um, there's plenty of church podcasts out there, and there's no explicit uh, maybe there are explicit church podcasts. <laughs> now that I think about it. I'm sure there is.
1: That's niche content.
0: It's, it, but, but this is niche content. Yeah. This is dirt talk.
1: And we try to keep it real. And we're going to talk about dirt. And we're going to talk about dirt. That's what we do here. When I tell people that uh, I work on a podcast called dirt talk, they're like, Hey, I like dirty talk. I'm like, yeah, I think that was probably part of the joke. You know? So if,
0: if you were to type in dirt, on the podcast search bar it would come up dirty would be the first and you'd get all these explicit podcasts there now i believe we rank ahead of other people and so if you search dirt we're among the first to come up
1: okay so by far the most popular dirt podcast that has dirt in the beginning is dirty john which was like a yeah, Something yeah. Yeah. A phenomenon.
0: yeah, that's not that doesn't count. However, if you just searched dirt,
1: Dirt is the 10th podcast of our Dirt Talk is the 10th dirt podcast, at least according to what comes up. Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So we're making a name for ourselves in all, all between the dirt world. 10 and 15 listeners doing a lot of great work for in, us. Incredible. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Uh, I think that's a podcast, Alex.
1: I think it is too. Yep.
0: So we appreciate everybody tuning in. We appreciate all the questions. I'm sure we're gonna save some for next week, but if you have any other burning questions, like, hey, Aaron, why are you so rude when it comes to general contractors? For example, that'd be a great question. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm really not trying to beat people up here. I just explained, I'm, I'm really trying to learn my lesson. I'm trying to become more refined. But that's a great example. So if you have a question like that, send it over to com. Alex will read it on the podcast and we will answer it or do our best to answer it or give you a non-answer to your question, but we'll do our best. So thanks for all the questions. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Dirt Talk Monday podcast. Stay dirty. Yeah. <laughs>